0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big 6 Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast that will never talk about Game of Thrones again. Just kidding. We might mention it briefly today. I don't know. We'll see. R.J. White, editor, uh, raconteur at CBS Sports, joining me on the program today to talk about NFC East over-unders. You and I have been chatting about Game of Thrones for a while. Uh, do you want to take two minutes at the end of the show and discuss it? Or two minutes at the beginning of the show and discuss it? Would you like to leave a one word review or do you just want to dive into the football? I'd rather not. Okay, that, that folks, ladies and gentlemen, should tell you exactly what RJ thinks about this. The ending of that show, he feels the same way as me. In fact, he gave it a lower rating. I said three and a half. But we're done with Game of Thrones. It's over. We did that hour-long show with myself, Sean Wagner, and Ryan Wilson. I hope you'll check that out. If you didn't listen to it, it is actually entertaining. We covered some cool stuff. But it is on to the football, on to the off season And uh, it's over-under time. This is my favorite time of the year, RJ. I know you love over-unders almost as much as – actually, you might like them more than I do.
1: Yeah, I like them. It's, it's still a little early in the process. You know, you got a, a whole summer ahead. To uh, dig into this stuff, you know, being a being focused, hyper focused on the draft for as long as we were, you know, I'm still kind of in the come down mode from that. And, and I'm not really, you know, super have every, all my I's dotted and T's crossed for for uh, over unders at this point. But we'll talk about what we're looking at now, what we like now. And then we might reconvene in August and have, you know, some different takes on some teams. But I'm sure most of them will be about the same.
0: Did I did I did you see my tweet or hear me mention humble brag or just straight up brag? About my record with AFC over-unders on the last three years.
1: Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty impressive.
0: I was kind of stunned by it. Like I'm totally going to tank. I'll go like five and 11 this year, but 34 11 and three picking AFC over-unders in the last three years in May. That's unbelievable. I'm really proud of myself. I'm so, like I'm not even like, I'm saying it and like sounding shocked because I'm not, not like I'm like, I want you to heap praise on me. I am as surprised as anybody else that I'm good at one conference and not at the other.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, AFC East tends to be pretty easy to, to predict every year, you know, and, and, uh, so may, maybe you're like, okay, and, and AFC West has kind of fallen in line, but that AFC South, I mean, from year to year, it's just hard to figure out which teams are going to be good. It seems like, the team that's in the bottom can go to the top in, in, a, in every single year. So in order to handicap that division well year after year is a pretty good, I mean, I don't know what your specific record was for that division by itself, but, uh, you know, it's a pretty good achievement if you can hit that division specifically year um, and year after year.
0: I got mean, 12 and four last year in the AFC and 12, two and two the year before in the AFC. So just a good little run here. We'll see how that holds out. I think it basically, I was ahead of the curve on the chiefs last year. Um, and, uh, and, and, I, I, I went 4-0 in the AFC East. Anyway, we're not talking about the AFC, we're talking about the NFC. But before we get to the NFC, there is some football news we need to cover. The Patriots, speaking of the AFC East, boy, I botched that segue. The Patriots, uh, are giving Julian Edelman a two-year contract extension. Sounds like it's gonna pay him, um, roughly in the range of, uh, I think it's 8 million guaranteed, 8 million dollar signing bonus, 12 million fully guaranteed, it sounds like it's about an 18 million dollar contract. Was it, did I get that right?
1: Sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the details.
0: Uh, I'll look and see if they're posted yet. They're what, they weren't, po- like his last contract was a two year. Hold on. Let me, t- let me look at this up. Uh, I could have done this before the, before the podcast, I guess. Um, but you his, don't have his, Sean around to do your rundowns anymore. I know, right? Uh, his last year was, a, but they, it's not official yet. His last contract, excuse me, his last contract was two years, eleven million dollars that he signed in two thousand before the two thousand and seventeen season. His two thousand nineteen year uh, or before the two thousand eighteen year season. So he wasn't making a lot of money. Now it's two years, eighteen million dollars. It's still dirt cheap for his production. And the thing that's kind of interesting is now. His timeline for ending up with the Patriots he'll be thirty five when this contract runs up it's entirely feasible that he'll play the next three years with the Patriots and he and Tom Brady will retire at the same time you buy under selling that idea
1: yeah it's interesting you know you know the Patriots they like to get out on a guy a year too early as opposed to a year too yeah. late and and you see them kind of play hardball with these contracts so it's interesting to see Edelman get two years eleven million dollars on his last deal and then now get two years eighteen million dollars you know when he's two years old they're going to be Uh, 33 I think this season so um, it just seems kind of like anti-patriots what they do, but you can understand it because you know who else are they going to throw to if not him? You know, are, are people just going to play James White in the passing game? And and uh, if Edelman leaves, I mean, Nikhil Harry was a great pick, I think at 32 he could develop, but he's unproven. Uh, Gronk's gone, so um, you really don't know who's going to step up for that team. And to lock up Edelman for two years and say, okay, at least we know we have our reliable number one option in the house, and we know Brady's going to get him the ball and be comfortable with him. Um, no questions asked. I think that's a big deal.
0: Edelman has recorded more yards receiving in his last 11 playoff games than he has in any one single season, regular season of his career. So I, I tend to think that what Edelman serves for them right now is not just a like, I think he fits perfectly what they want to be over the next two or three years, which is a run heavy team. That leans on Tom Brady to move the chains and then occasionally step up and win games with big stats. Uh, but then to be clutch in the playoffs. And that's what Edelman is best at. I mean, like they, he elevates his game. Brady elevates his game. I really do think they're going to try and play possum this year a little bit like they did last season. Not, they're not going to take anything out of the garage and try and pile up points and run at the score. They're going to try and shorten games, play pretty good defense. Run the ball effectively, get to the postseason, and then just try and have home field advantage and win three games. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, would, you know, they have, I'm... They haven't done this yet, but it would be interesting to see. You saw those in the NBA, especially like the Spurs from, from Popovich would rest players. And it'd be interesting to see if the Patriots just go, you know what? We win this division every year. Let's just give Edelman a two, two week break and even Brady maybe sit down a week or two, just kind of up our odds for, for being healthy for the playoffs. Like, I don't see why you don't do that if you're running away with the division every year. So you consider what that offense would be without Edelman. I mean, he's a pretty key, you know, guy in that offense. Um, what are they going to do if he gets hurt in December? Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, and who are they throwing to? Maybe somebody's established himself at that point. Maybe it'll just work because it always works and, and Belichick and McDaniels know what they're doing. Um, but I, you know, I kind of put him in glass until January and then break him out and let him do what he does.
0: I mean, and look, again, he, you know, he was a Super Bowl MVP last year and against the Falcons, he had that cat, that one crazy catch amongst other catches, but he helped to flip the field and he wasn't there against the Eagles in that Super Bowl they lost. So, uh, not surprising. And again, I think they want to pair, you know, he was the guy who replaced Wes Welker, and they got out of Wes Welker pretty early, and yet, uh, they're gonna stick around with Edelman. Still pretty cheap, you know, guy for, uh, for considering what he does for them and what he does for their offense. Uh, another Patriots player, Jared Veld here, has retired just one week after signing with New England. That, you know, he's, he wasn't gonna be a, I don't think he was gonna be a starter, was he? I, I'm under the impression that he was gonna be a backup for them. They have Isaiah Wynn at left tackle. They drafted Yadni Kajus in the third round. Uh, Marcus Cannon on the right side, maybe Valdir was going to compete for him. But Valdir is leaving all his cash on the table. He's walking away from football. Were you surprised at how he did this after, like before he really started playing for the Pats?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It, you know, I think he wanted to retire three years ago in Arizona talked him out of it. Yep. um And he came back and, and you know, he w- wasn't as effective of a player as he had been. They ended up trading him away to Denver and he wasn't as effective with Denver either. So. Uh, his role in New England wasn't going to be come in and start. He's not replacing, you know, a Nate Solder or a Trent Brown. You know, he's he, ideally win is healthy and he, he can compete as a swing tackle until Kajuse is ready. And then that can kind of be Kajus' role. Um, so yeah, it, the the timing of it is surprising because why sign the contract if, if you're going to retire a week later? You know, it's like he got into that first practice and he's like, you know what? Why am I, why am I here? Yeah. You know, and it seems like that's something you'd come to grips with before you, you even start taking offers and you retire back in March or February. Like, why are we going to go through this again? So the only thing that's surprising about it is really the timing. I don't think it's a huge loss for New England. Obviously, he's only been with the team a week. It's not like they've got to integrate him into his plan into their plans for this year. So they'll just go out, they'll find a scrap heap guy, they'll trade a conditional seventh round pick, and, and that guy'll <laughs> end up being their starting left tackle for 12 games and, and lead them to the Super Bowl.
0: And then sign a multi million dollar contract with the Raiders this off next off season. Um, so I am mean, sort of reminiscent, I guess. Tory Holt and, and Reggie Wayne went through. Did they go through training camp with the Patriots or? You know, it's like, it's like the old veteran who thought, you know, maybe on the last legs, like Belichick wants to get him in and see if maybe they got something left. They'll be inspired by playing in New England. And maybe he got there and realized, eh, not for me.
1: Don't feel like Yeah, And maybe it's like, you know, it's a whole ball, different ball game in New England, if of, as the coaching staff So maybe he's just used to playing Arizona, Denver, and then he sees what you have to, what it takes to play in New England, and he took one day of that, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'll do something <laughs> yeah. else with my life." Dante
0: Skornecki is hitting it with a cane or something like that. He's like, "No, <laughs> no thanks. I'm out of here." Uh, elsewhere in NFL news, by the way, you can follow RJ on Twitter at RJWhite1. You will want to be doing that as he will be releasing sports line picks fairly soon because you're not doing anything. You'll be, you'll drop over unders.
1: What? Yeah, uh, I, I did a I did a Super Bowl odds post for them um, coming out of the draft. Um, you know, so it's probably been up for two weeks or so. You know, I, I gave my best value pick as far as I see the board right now. Why don't you uh, tell I,
0: us what your best value pick
1: is? Uh, I'd have to look up the article. <laughs> you know, but I, and then I gave two other you know deep long shots I like. Um, you know, one was 100 to one, one was 80 to one. I can tell you one of those was the Jets. I remember that. Mm. And then, um, still two, feel,
0: do you still feel that way?
1: Yeah, I, I you know I. That's, this is before the gay stuff, so who knows? You know, it's not not like the player personnel thing is going to come into that great of an effect because they've already built the team by this point. So it's you know lo- losing your player personnel guy matters for your next draft and next off season more than it does how the team's going to respond this year. So. So we'll see. I think the talents there for them to, to compete for a playoff spot and if you're getting them 80 to 1, 100 to 1, whatever it is, then then who who doesn't like them at that those odds if you think they're going to make the playoffs and I'm not saying they are going to make the playoffs for sure, but I think they'll be right there competing for a wild card.
0: No, I'm I'm with you there. I don't uh I don't I don't hate the idea of going with the Jets. I'm trying to uh ooh, top analyst reveals selections. Let's see what RJ best long shots. Tennessee Titans 80 to 1. Oh, excuse me. New York Jets 80 to 1. people can go check this out on sportsline.com and they can subscribe, use promo code white for what your month first month for $1. A lot of horse racing stuff on there, a lot of golf models if you're betting on that. Um and uh ooh, I uh I actually agree with this. Your best value was the uh Philadelphia Eagles at 14 to 1. Maybe Yeah, then, I think
1: they're probably down at this point. Um I would think you know. so. Yeah,
0: Carson Wentz, now. but we can get into that more in the in the NFC section. Um yeah. in the NFC South the Buccaneers dumped Gerald McCoy. I don't even know if we talked about that on the Game of Thrones podcast. They did a bad job of that. But they uh, they dumped Gerald McCoy, released him, set him into the wild. There's buzz that he could end up with the Browns, maybe the Colts. Uh, he was the number three overall pick in the 2010 NFL draft, and the Buccaneers already replaced him with the number two overall pick in the 2010 NFL draft in Doma Do you think this is an upgrade, downgrade, side grade, push grade? Uh, what do you think for the for the Bucks here?
1: I think is an upgrade. I don't I don't know if Sue is a better player than McCoy just in a vacuum. But they're switching to a three-four. They're switching to Todd Bowles scheme, yeah. and I don't think that McCoy was a great fit in that scheme anyway. You know, uh, it's not surprising they were trying to trade him. I thought they would do it for the draft and just take anything. And they obviously, if anybody gave him an offer at that contract, they didn't like it. But I, at thirteen million dollar cap hit, I don't know who's giving them you know an, an offer on when they know they could just sign him for for lower once they finally end up releasing him. So I do like Sue's fit. You know, we might not know how well he fit in the three-four until he went to the Rams this year, and then he fit in very well. You know, and obviously he's surrounded. By a lot more talent than he's going to be at tampa bay but we know that he can play in a scheme and if they consider him a good fit for bulls which i don't see why he wouldn't be if he's already played in a three four then i like the fit there so i do think I, while I, I could debate who's better you know in a vacuum who's better just in, in every overall scheme i think sue's definitely a better fit for that team right now than mccoy
0: that's it that's it that's a great point because sue had to learn the three four he'd been playing in four threes basically his entire career uh with Jim Schwartz in in Detroit uh then in Miami and then um and then of course uh out in uh you know when he and when he jumped to uh, the Rams he he switched to a to a 3-4 with Wade Phillips and so he's ha- he's got that experience in that um I do wonder man I mean Jason Pierre-Paul is going to miss a ton of time I know that that's you know just an unfortunate accident I mean their pass rush is basically going to be Carl Nassib, Shaq Barrett and Noah Spence uh with Sue and Vita I guess serving as uh, like I guess VA will be the the nose, and then you'll have Sue and I mean who's how do I who's the other end there? Like William Golston? Like what? Are, I don't know that I'm buying this defensive switch quite yet. Maybe it'll be more hybrid than it is, but I just don't know if they have the pass rushers here.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely we'll see how how bowl, who shakes out in both scheme and who who he wants to play in certain positions. You know, Bo Allen was a good is a good player. Um yeah. Anthony Nelson was a good draft pick. Um, so I think he has a fit in there um it'll be interesting to see what they do ve is more of a obviously a big guy run stuffer and because of sue's size you can kind of plug him into that that thing maybe he'll play nose tackle there too but he'll be more of a, a penetrating presence so does he play a defensive end and do you keep ve in the lineup at nose tackle you know maybe that's how it works even even at sue's size maybe that works out for them so but i do agree like it's going to be tough to see what they do as far as edge rushers go because somebody's gonna have to emerge but you know Bowl's teams tend to tended to overperform with the Jets a lot. You know, we would. would And and the the
0: defenses with the Cardinals too.
1: Yeah, and who do they really have? Especially on the Jets, like we were saying, it seems like every year you mock draft an edge rusher to the Jets (laughs) because they just didn't have any talent. And and he was still getting by and overperforming. So maybe he doesn't. Maybe he can get by with Carl Nassib and Shaq Barrett. You know, Shaq Barrett's a pretty solid addition. Um, You know, and, and those guys, maybe they'll make it work with with those guys. So who knows? You know, we'll have to see who emerges with the job, if. If, you know, you get a few games into the season and they just have zero pass rush, maybe they go get someone if they think they're a contender. So so I think it's still a work in progress. We're, we're going to talk about the uh the Giants defense here in a minute because we're going through the NFC East over-unders. And that was kind of my point for the Giants is that they're in year two of a of a scheme switch. Um, And so year one, you knew it was going to be sloppy. And it, and it was now they're kind of got more guys they like in here. They've, the guys that are remaining have a year experience and you figure it's going to look better in year two. Um, so maybe Tampa looks sloppy this year, and then in year two, it's actually pretty solid. So we'll, well, we'll, I guess we'll see that.
0: That Jameis Winston-Bruce Arians thing better work out or else this feels like a ticking time bomb in, in Tampa Bay. Although, I mean, look, they got a lot of nice players. There's some good names. I just don't know. And the, the other thing that is going to remain with them for a long time is taking Vitavea instead of Derwin uh, James because, man— Derwin James is really good at VTV as a run-stuffing defensive tackle. All right, let's take a uh, – is there any other NFL news on uh, Tuesday? I don't think so, right? Uh, Bills gave OJ Simpson's number for the first time in 42 years, and here's who's got it.
1: <laughs> it, it ended up being like a six-string running back, so – so uh, it's a little bit of a a, a misnomer to, to to call it that because maybe they've given that number you know in different training camps and the guy hasn't made the team because this guy's not going to make the team either you know they have a lot of depth there at running back so I, I i would expect that he's going to be you know looking for a job september 1st whenever they do the cuts um so then if they give the number out to a guy in 3 years we're going to do a post that says uh You know, they're given first time in 45 years, OJ Simpson's numbers on a bill, but you know, who knows? So I don't have a lot of confidence this guy makes the team, um, considering they, they drafted Devin Singletary, they brought in Frank Gore, some other players, uh, LaShawn McCoy is still there. So, um, that number is going to be unoccupied pretty quickly, I would say, by by the time we get to week one.
0: Would you trade for Kyle Rudolph if you were the New England Patriots? I don't know why. John Breach just wrote this. I swear we wrote this earlier in the week, but I just saw it come across. Rudolph has been discussed as a guy who could land with the Patriots. That would be a very Patriots trade if they got him for like a third-round pick.
1: Yeah, I mean Breach was calling that before the draft. So, I mean, it's just the perfect type of Patriots trade. Well, I wouldn't give up a first-rounder for him, so it will obviously depend on what the what the, the price is. But if they're doing one of their traditional give-you-a-sixth-for-Rudolph-and-a-seventh type of dra- the things, then, of course, yeah, go ahead and do that and get – Get a more reliable pass catcher on your team at tight end.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll bust out some NFC East over-unders. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. All right, we're going to start with the NFC East. Then we'll go to the AFC East. Then we'll do the NFC North. And then the AFC North. I think Dave Richards is going to join us uh, next week to talk about the NFC North. Very excited about that. Love talking with Dave. He also loves to go uh, out to Vegas and put down some some coin on over-unders. Also uh, going to talk to Joe Murray and Dan Lifschatz of ninety eight. The Sports Hub in Boston um, about the uh, AFC East. Those guys do a, a cool podcast on gambling, a betting podcast that that's uh, that's always fun to listen to. But now we're going to talk to R.J. White about the NFC East, and we're going to start R.J. with the Philadelphia Eagles, who have what I think is kind of a high number here, over under of ten we're using the Westgate app to find these lines uh, they they will move this is what the current numbers are as of recording you can find the article I wrote where I make my picks uh, as I mentioned scorching hot on the AFC just all right on the NFC um, but the Eagles over is 10 and it's plus 100 for the over which means if you uh, if, if you bet a hundred dollars you it's Is that even money? That's just even money, right? Plus 100? Yeah, that's just even money. Um, And then under 10 is minus 120, meaning if you want to take the under on the Eagles win total, you have to bet $120 to win 100. What is your initial reaction to that?
1: I think 10 is a good number for the Eagles. Um, you know, we talked about for that SportsCenter article they were my value team for the Super Bowl. I don't know that there's a lot of value on them as a 10-win team. Um, so I probably slightly lean on the over, but I'm not like, you know, I don't love it. Um, I like getting the plus 100. They only had nine wins last year. Um, Pythagorean the, the wins had them at 8.5, so it's not like they 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 overperformed, or or you think that there was like, you know, some some uh, some wiggle room there. Um, I feel like they got better, especially at running back and receiver. You know, they brought in Miles Sanders. They bring in Jordan Howard. That's a pretty good one-two punch considering what they had last year. Um, they got more depth at receiver. Um, I'm not sure about the offensive line. I think Dillard might need to develop. So if Jason Peters, um, falls off, you know, he had a really good year last year coming back from injury. So if this is the year he falls off or if he suffers another injury, I'm not sure Dillard steps right in and it's a smooth transition. Um, I'm not quite sure about the interior of the line either. I, I think they might have some issues at guard. So, um, I don't know if they can keep ones healthy. That's going to be the key. Can ones play sixteen games? If he plays sixteen games, I like it to go over. But I'm not. I'm. I would probably put plus odds on him playing sixteen games mm. because take the under on sixteen or fifteen and a half or whatever. Um On defense, teams attacked them via the pass last year. You know, they, I think they they had the least amount of rush attempts against them and like the the third most amount of pass attempts um and they didn't add much to help you know they had andrew sandejo as a third safety and that's about it so the cornerbacks are going to need to step up they're young they're good players i think they can um you know ronald darby's coming back from a big injury we'll see if he can be the number one guy and if he can't somebody's going to need to step up i can see whether the favorites in the division i don't know if i'll bet on them they're minus 110 right now i think when you were recording um earlier you met in a you know earlier in the week Move you to line. Move to lines, RJ. That, yeah so I don't know if I like them minus 110. I don't even know if I like them plus 100 because we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to a team I do like here in a little bit. Um, you know, spoiler there. You should see. Will's face <laughs> oh. light up there for that one. But uh they were my sleeper Super Bowl team for I mean my, my my best value Super Bowl team for a reason at fourteen to one. I think they're they will make the playoffs. Um it's yet yeah, the yes is minus one ninety there. So again, not great value. I think they are gonna make the playoffs at least as a wild card and with the a, a team experienced as that, I think they have a real shot at, at getting there, even if they don't win the division. So we'll see. Um, you know, a good team. Uh it's gonna be a, a kind of a slug fest, I think, in that division between them and, and then another team. Mm.
0: Um, I'll say this about the Eagles. I, I agree with you. I, I like the Eagles. I would lean towards the over, and it does hinge on Carson Wentz's knee. If Carson Wentz's general health. I mean, it could be his back, whatever it is. If Carson Wentz stays healthy and plays 16 games, I think they will win that division by three or four games. Um, if, if, he does, if he plays 12 or less games, then I think that they're really going to struggle to hit that 10. Uh, looking at the early schedule, and I know it's May. We're projecting out a schedule, so that's tough to do. But they get the Redskins at home to start, at the Falcons, Lions at home, at the Packers, and then Jets at home. I don't think it would be a stretch to say that they could start that, that they could start out four and one with a healthy Carson Wentz. Uh, then they have three straight road games uh, at Vikings, at Cowboys, at Bills before the, playing the Bears at home, um, and then going into their break. One other thing about the Eagles that I really like when projecting this over, and I I did pick the over. I didn't love it. I liked the over. I didn't love it. Um, They close out at Dolphins, Giants at Redskins, Cowboys at Giants. And so even if you – I mean, getting the Giants twice and the Redskins once and the Dolphins once in the final five games is a big plus for the Philadelphia Eagles. If you were trying to get over that ten wins, or trying to push it ten, I won't personally. I don't personally like to bet um, ten win, ten win plus. Uh, totals, if I can, I, I think you're probably the same way. Just because so many variables can go into it, and you can have a team that goes ten and six and wins the division, and you push, and, and you know there could have been better value out there. Um, I, I actually I see them on my side at sixteen to one to win the Super Bowl. I might like that a little bit better. Um, I, I, think when you look at their division odds, uh, you, you know, you could take them right now at plus 110. I'd almost rather do that because they could sneak in and win the division at nine and seven or 10 and six. And you would get the money for the division win without, you know, pushing on, on the win total. So, um, I, I think the quarterbacks will step up. I think Ronald Darby could be in for a sneaky big year. People sleep on him a little bit. A couple, two years removed. Excuse me. Not Ronald Darby. Uh, Sydney Jones, two years removed from the injury. Darby, uh, is played. Maybe gets a little bit roasted in Philly for no real reason. Um, they have enough talent at linebacker, added Zach Brown, and that front four, if it stays healthy, man, it's, I mean, it's loaded. And you, you're talking about Derek Barnett, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham, and then you've got Vinnie Curry and Tim Jernigan behind him. I, 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 think this is a Super Bowl contending team, and I like the over. I wish it were nine or nine and a half, and I would really like it. Um, but I certainly would take the over here if, if I was picking something for the Eagles. Uh, next up, Unless you want to add anything on Philadelphia,
1: no, I think that's a pretty good take. Yeah, 10, 10 is a tough number especially if it's you're not in a division like the Patriots run away with the AFC East every year. You know, you can you can bet over if the they ever made the Patriots over ten, you would take it in a heartbeat yeah. because the Patriots and and they win twelve games every year. And, but there's a reason that the over under is eleven and a half or twelve every year. Yeah, um, so it's it's just hard to take it with any other team because you just don't know who's going to step up and be good in the division. Besides that team. And if they're not a dynasty like the Patriots are, then they, they could easily have a good year and then catch one or two bad breaks and be nine and seven and you lost. So.
0: All right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like 10 is a lot. I also think that nine is a lot when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I, uh, I was, I wouldn't accuse somebody in my mentions, uh, sent me or somebody sent me a DM. It was like, Hey, this is actually funny. They're like, Hey, I wanted to hate you, but I don't, I kind of like you. I am curious. I, I haven't responded to this guy. I'm going to after we get done with the podcast, but he's like, do you have beef with the Cowboys, and do you have, like, a grudge against the Cowboys? And I would say no that I don't. But one of the things that I look at, and I when I'm thinking about an over-under here, you, know, you look at the schedule, you look at the depth in certain positions, and coaching matters. And I just – I don't like to reward RJ, uh, Jason Garrett, with – Claiming he's gonna go over nine wins when I look at the way that he coaches and they've got um Kellen Moore coming in there as a as a new offensive coordinator. So uh I in my article I went under nine wins on the Cowboys. Their total is over nine, is even money, under nine, minus one twenty. What are your thoughts on Dallas?
1: I might love the Cowboys over Oh nine. no. Like okay, so I had their under last year. The Cooper Trade killed me. Yeah. You know they won ten games in the division, finished on a seven and one run. In that run, they beat Philly twice. They beat New Orleans. They went at Atlanta and won. I mean, those are good wins yep. for for any team. So yeah, I'm on your side about about the coaching, and I think the coaching has been bad at times. But once Cooper got in there and they changed that offense on the fly, they became more dynamic and, and less predictable. Than all of a sudden, you know, it was working. They have a young defense, um, good depth at edge rusher. I think that the young by, defense. By the, is gonna, by the
0: way, can I just say that when I made these picks. There was it was I, it was a Spidey Sense pick. I was like, because you can't go over. You got you got you have to. You know, you can't go over for every team in every division, right? And yet, I was I was like, I'm going to go under the Cowboys, but I don't. I don't feel great about it, and, and it's because of that defense and how good it was last year and how they're basically returning the same people.
1: And they they were very young last year. You yeah. know, it's it's not it's not like a lot of. Earl Thomas's and Patrick Petersons, and these are young guys, and they're getting better. You know, you're who's the old guard there? Marcus Lawrence or or Byron Jones? You know, I mean, at linebacker, you got two young guys in Smith and Van Der Esch. You got young guys all over the secondary um you're going to need more players on the defensive line because everybody seems to get suspended or cut or uh but they locked up Lawrence and that's a huge thing. They've added they added Robert Quinn. You know, that's like their big veteran addition. Um between him and Charlton that should be good depth next to Lawrence. I mean, I like that depth that Ed Rusher. I think the young defense is going to get better in the back. Um I would have liked to see them address the uh safety position a little more. Um but you know, you you can only do so much when you have a your first pick is what what was it like 51 or yeah. 54 or whatever it was. So, um, it's not too bad, you know, and, and seven and one last year, and they played these, they played a good Eagles team twice. They beat them twice. They played, you know, like I said, win, win at home against New Orleans was huge because New Orleans, that might have been their only loss, right? For that, like that 10 win week period. They were the, they were the team that took down what looked like a juggernaut. They're
0: like six, they're like six point favorites. And they came in there and they, the Cowboys like wrecked their season. They stifled that offense and it was, it was stunning to watch it happen.
1: So, so. You know, we, we, we joke about Garrett and he's a game manager and he claps a lot, but he deserves a lot of credit for, for that, for in, integrating Cooper into the offense and kind of changing the direction of the offense, um, on the fly, um, and then, uh, and, And the defense playing better, you know, that doesn't just happen on its own. So I do like them a little more than I did going into last year. You know, I I took the under last year. That Cooper trade really, really had them take off. Now, the one thing that becomes an issue is who gets paid and who doesn't? Do we, do we have like contract situations floating over people's heads? And does that become a distraction? If they can get the money taken care of by, you know, week one or, you know, by, by August, whatever, and everybody's kind of happy with where they are and they're ready to go out and, and come together and win a Super Bowl and not, not think about where they might be playing next year. Then I think this is a really good team. And I think that at plus 150, I might take them to win the division there. Even though I like the, the Eagles at 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, plus 150 is pretty good odds to win the division for the Cowboys.
0: You don't see a lot of teams in the NFC win the division two years in a row. And I'm not saying that that's a reason not to take the Cowboys. It's just, it is something that happens in the NFC East. There's a lot of turnover there. I don't even know that the contract thing worries me that much. I wouldn't mind Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott being in contract years. I mean, you know, not technically, Zeke would have his, uh, fifth year option next year, right? And then right. Dak would, Dak would, Dak could be franchise tagged. But the idea that they would be playing knowing next season Jerry Jones and, and Steven Jones are at a, at a crossroads when it comes to actually being able to, to have to pay them. I think they would be motivated and might go out there and, and, and play really well. Um, one of the things that worries me a little bit about, uh, Dallas is that offensive line. It's very good. But they've been banged up a lot over the last few years. I mean, Tyron Smith is, is, you know, 2011 draft pick. Travis Frederick 2013. Zach Martin, 2014. They're not old or anything. They're not Jason Witten. Uh, but, but they are, you know, they are a little longer in the tooth and they have dealt with injuries. Kellen Moore, how do we think he's going to do it? Do we buy into the idea that he will be good as a first year play caller? Cause if they struggle, I could see, uh, hey, J- you know, Jason, Jason, you're calling plays again, man. Yeah, I don't know.
1: The, the, uh, you know, it's hard to say first-year play caller how he's going to do right out the gate, but he has a lot to work with, and, and yep. they were very effective when Cooper was in that offense. So as long as they don't become predictable, then then that's really all you can ask for, and and then you just let the talent take over. Speaking of the offensive line, you know they've been dealing with with issues. It looks like Travis Frederick's going to be back, and that's huge because they were relying on playing a rookie at left guard, sure. second-round rookie at left guard, um, in, which isn't his natural position, I don't think, um, uh, going into the season. Then they lose Frederick. So when you have two losses, two players next to each other on the offensive line, it kind of exponentially hurt, hurts your offense. Um, if you get Frederick back, then you get, um, Connor Williams getting a second year in there. Um, when you, even if Connor Williams doesn't take a huge step forward, just having Frederick back to solidify the line at center is going to be a huge step forward because then you only really have one semi-weak spot on the line. And you can cover that up a little bit with Ter- Teron Smith and, uh, and Frederick, you know, uh, sandwiching those guys. So, it's easy to see this offensive line suddenly gets it going and it becomes one of the top three or five in the league where they were before injuries kind of made them fall apart a little bit and they got it exposed on the interior. Um, so it's not going to be that too, it's hard of a stretch for me to say, okay, this offense is now running the ball effectively because the offensive line's playing well and Cooper is just destroying people on the outside of this offense and that then, and Dallas overall is a top 10 offense. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all.
0: Uh, one of the things to watch with the, with the Cowboys, pretty friendly schedule coming out of the gates giants at home at the redskins dolphins at home to start that i mean you would like to see 3 and 0 if you're jerry jones you'd be very disappointed if not at the saints and then the uh the packers in the next two games at the jets and eagles before they're bye coming down the stretch they do have a four game trip where they're at the patriots then home against the bills 4 days later on thanksgiving then at the bears a week later on a thursday and uh, and then ten days later they host the Rams and then then they're at the Eagles, um, before closing out with the Redskins. And so I, again, that is a long way away, but that looks like a tough stretch on the second half. I don't know that they would be able to feast the way that they did last year, adding Amari Cooper. But hey, I mean, like you said, they beat at the Saints, they beat at the Falcons, took care of business twice against the Eagles. So so anything is possible.
1: Um, and spe- speaking of that, our opening stretch. We just did a mock draft today for fantasy, yeah, we and did. um, and I was at the end of the the round, and I took my kicker coming back the round before the last because I figured at the end I could get the Cowboys defense at the end because you talk about those first three teams they play. I, I mean, Ooh. it's two home games. All three are, are pretty easy matchups. You got to figure that they're going to have a good start. And I'm the kind of guy who plays, you know, rotates his defenses week in week out. Sees sees the matchups on the wire. Um, that's a pretty good three week stretch from your defense that you're going to take with the last pick of the draft. So, um. Cowboys I think are going to be my target as far as what defense I'm looking at um there is one team I can't remember which team it is but they open with like the the Cowboys and um not the Cowboys the uh, Dolphins and Cardinals I think in the first two Ooh. two weeks well, and that that might be your only other one that is, um,
0: that's pretty juicy um do you think Amari Cooper is Amari Cooper by the way is not even 25 yet he's still really young
1: yeah um he's going to get he, he's going to pay you mentioned Zeke and Dak i mean Cooper's the thing like if if they give Dak money and they don't give Cooper and it doesn't look like they're going to be able to pay him like what how does he feel It week 7 week 8 you know week 10 is, is he starting to one foot out the door, starting to think about other possibilities. As he, he doesn't seem like the kind that would force a trade, but who knows? You know, yeah. you just never know with guys when if it doesn't seem like you're in their long-term plans and, and you feel like you've given all you can, then then we'll see what happens at that point.
0: Uh, by the way, it's the Ravens' defense you're thinking of.
1: Yeah, yeah Ravens. They're, that,
0: they're uh, they get can't the, get the
1: Ravens, go get the Cowboys. But Ravens is probably your best bet starting out.
0: Yeah, Ravens get the Dolphins in Week One, and then the uh, I think they're at Arizona. No, at at Baltimore against the um against the Cardinals in week two. That is that is indeed quite uh juicy. All right. The number three team on this list, somewhat surprising, I think, that I don't know, maybe I maybe I'm crazy, but the Redskins over six and a half plus one ten, under six and a half minus one thirty. I urge people in my piece. So if you want to bet this, you better bet it now because it's going to go down. If you want to take the under, it's going to go down. Reuben Foster getting hurt. Quarterback situation unsettled. Um, you, we always like to say if you're going to take bets in May, if you're not going to actually make them, take the under because the team is less likely to improve from what they have versus taking the over if teams could take a step back with injury. Uh, I think this is one of those spots where the under is a little bit interesting.
1: Yeah, I, th- I like it too. Um, they won seven games, but they were six and four with Alex Smith starts and one and five otherwise. Um, and then you take the entire season, they only are at 5.7 wins as far as what they're expected to win loss record would be based on how many points they scored for and against um i don't know if they're that much better than that now i mean they had a great draft but haskins doesn't improve their outlook in 2019 he's probably going to sit um is is uh keenum going to be that big of an upgrade or is mccoy gonna gonna start you know it's it's just a mess at the quarterback position i like the pick of getting haskins at 15 long term but i don't think you can count on him in year one um, so if he, they do turn to him at some point and you have the under, then you're like, Oh, thank God. They're, you know, what, four and six now and they decide to go to Haskins. Like, I'm going to catch this bet pretty easily. Um, so Geis is coming back I don't know how effective he's going to be after his injury I like adding Harmon and McLaren But they're un- it's an unproven receiver core overall um, I think Collins was a great addition on the defense But how big an impact is he going to have in a win column As, as a strong safety Foster injury you mentioned is big At least i short short-handed up the middle I think it's probably the worst team in the division I, I Even with the juice at minus 130 now I like the under 6.5 too And I way be better now that it's just going to climb
0: The, um, the Redskins finished the year Ranked 24th in adjusted games lost in 2018, according to Football Outsiders, uh, that means that they have now, for the fourth straight year, been in the bottom ten in adjusted games lost. At some point, it's not luck; it's your team sucks at keeping people healthy. And I think I have questions about that with the Redskins. Saw Ruben Foster now going to be out. I, look, they got they got bite on this defense. I mean, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Matt Ioannidis, um, you know, Ryan Kerrigan. Mason Foster, I mean, it's interesting. Landon Collins, they added on the back end. Josh Norman is still there. He, he slipped a lot last year, I thought. They added Dominique Rogers, camardi I, I, I think it's maybe a bit more name value outside of Ionitis you got a contract extension. They, they drafted Montez Sweat, too. I mean, I think the defense could be interesting. I, I think this team will be involved in a lot of unders. Um, if Darius Geis is healthy and Adrian Peterson maintains his youthful exuberance and Trent Williams and, oh, my God, they're starting Eric Flowers – and uh, Morgan Moses and Brandon Scherf are all healthy, which has not been a thing that's happened, then you could see this being a team that runs the ball a ton, had, plays good defense, keeps it close, and tries to get lucky late in games. Here's my problem, RJ. They have at wide receiver Josh Doxson, who they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on, the 2016 first-round pick. Paul Richardson, an overpriced free agent from a few years ago. Terry McLaurin, their third-round pick. Brian Quick, who was taken... In the RG3 trade, he was the first uh, receiver taken in the second round pick by the Rams in that RG3 trade. Um, Two guys named Darvin Kitsie and Jehu Chesson. I'm sure those are real names. um, And uh, Calvin Harmon, my boy. This is a really bad receiving core. Jordan Reed at tight end and Vernon Davis. Can't count on Jordan Reed to be healthy. And then maybe the biggest factor of all for the Redskins, I don't believe that there's any chance that Dan Snyder will let this get to 10 games in 4 and 6 before he demands that Dwayne Haskins plays. Look at the schedule. At Eagles, Cowboys at home, Bears at home, at Giants, Patriots at home. They're probably going to be 0 and 5 or 1 and 4 before they go to the Dolphins in week 6. Then they had the 49ers at the Vikings, at the Bills before they uh, head into week 10 by. And it just and it just doesn't really let up. This is a really rough schedule for a team that is probably going to be starting a rookie quarterback for eight plus games. I, I love this under.
1: Yeah, and and you got to think people are going to be tanking for Tua and, and all the quarterbacks in the draft. They obviously don't need a quarterback because they just drafted it. But there is value in having that number one pick if other teams want it. You know, and want to move up. It's, it's value having number two in a draft that has Tua and Herbert. Uh, and if people like Fromm and, you know, it's just who who's going to emerge at the top of that draft. If you can get a top three, top four pick, people are going to want to move up. So I think that even if you have your quarterback situation settled long term, there is going to be an impetus for these teams that aren't, they know they're not going to the playoffs, you know, when it gets to midseason to get as low as possible and try to get a pick that they can then leverage for, like the Colts did, you know, they traded down to six and they get three second round picks, you know. Imagine how three potential starters would, would look on that, that Washington offense if they bring in a D, if they brought in this, this, um, draft, like a DK Metcalf plus Irv Smith plus, you know, somebody else, then all of a sudden that offense looks pretty, pretty solid, you know, um, long term. Um, so we'll see what they do with that. Uh, I would, yeah, much more faith on the under. I do like your point about, um, looking at the under, uh, game by game, you know, looking at the under the total because it seems like if they're going to win games, it's going to be a lot of like 13 to 9 and yeah. not, not going to be 24 21 or where you're really sweating it that much in the fourth quarter.
0: Um, I would, uh, also point, I think the best bet I like with the Redskins, if I had to take something, I think they're like 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 to get the first overall pick. That's pretty, that's pretty good odds. I would take them, um, I like. I don't think they're going to be worse than Miami per se. I think they're in better shape overall. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went four and twelve and had the number one pick, or even two and fourteen.
1: Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know where those odds are. I know, they don't. They, it's probably not something that that's available to many Vegas books at this point because I just don't know how 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 much I, they I, calculate I, that. I'm but, not
0: even doing the thing where I pretend that it. I don't know where it's from, and it's an offshore sports book that I don't want to name. I really. I saw it on Twitter, and I just don't know. Uh, I think it was. Um, Maybe at Sports Cheetah, Preston Johnson, who does the, you know, if you follow him? Mm -mm. No, he does like the Daily Wager stuff on ESPN. Maybe it's him. I don't
1: know. Um, Maybe. I don't know. And, you know, I I did look because I, Going into the, this podcast, I wanted to see if we could find some odds like that on Westgate and they did have, um, 2020 draft odds, but it was who's going to be drafted. So it's right. like two, uh, versus whatever. So I, like I kind of, from- I was interested to see where the Giants and Redskins would rank, um, among teams that could get the number one pick. And I figured that could have been a talking point for us, but I didn't see it. So, uh,
0: final team, the New York football Giants. They're over under the lowest in the division. No respect for Dave Gettleman and Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Six wins the total for the Giants over plus 100, under six, minus 120. Um, I'll be frank, RJ. I'm surprised that this is lower than the Redskins. I think the Giants are a better team than the Redskins. And I actually think I'm sort of talking myself into there being value on the Giants. Am I an insane human being?
1: I would also lean to the over. I'm probably not as strong on it as you are, but they were a five-win team last year that had a 6.9 Pythagorean record, Pythagorean wins. Um, They had a lot of close losses early in the season. Um, we talked about earlier the defense. Uh, year one of that scheme change is going to be a little sloppy. Year two, I think they got better personnel in there. They're going to gel a little bit better. Um, see, see a lot of improvement in the front seven. It feels like they don't have enough on the edge just looking at it after they traded Vernon. But I do like Lorenzo Carter and Marcus Golden in this scheme. So I do think they can be sneaky good. They're not going to you know top five in sacks in in, in the league, but I think they're going to be sneaky good and that they're going to be in the middle of the pack, maybe slightly better than average, as opposed to being awful, which is what I. I I, I bet people expect them to be. Um I love the depth at corner with Baker and Love now on the team. Beal needs to solidify the cornerback two role because I think they're they're starting with him as their uh, outside corner opposite Janoris Jenkins. So if he if he can't handle that, you know, throw Baker in there, maybe he can handle it, and, and that could still be a solid team. Love is a good good slot corner type guy, so I could really see that secondary emerging. Um, as far as the cornerback position, um, the offensive line should be better with Zeitler. Left side is at time of gel now that Hernandez has played a year. Soldiers now has a year with this new team. Um, so I think they're going to be better. Odell is obviously a big loss. You know, I'm not going to talk my way out of, out of how they're going to replace him. But but if he didn't, if they're just going to do a short passing game and lean on, uh, Saquon, then Golden Tate is fine. You know, it's not, he's not going to lead the league in receptions or anything or, or touchdowns or whatever. He doesn't give you the upside of Odell, but you know, there's, we just talked about Washington. There's teams with the worse receiving cores than Golden Golden Tate and Sterling oh, yeah. Shepard at the time. And, and
0: Evan Ingram, way worse. Teams with yeah. way worse,
1: yeah. So it's not it's not awful as far as a passing game goes. You know, you would like to see him get a legit number one in the, you know, they just traded the guy that was that. Um, but there are things here to like and considering there's zero expectations, um, and they're coming off a draft where they took three guys in the first round, two of whom who should play, you know, a lot immediately. Uh, and then, you know, Daniel Jones gets time to, to work and, and look at 2020. You know, maybe this team does surprise people as long as Eli doesn't have to do too much.
0: I, 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 what are the odds that this team, do you like that, st- I was like stuttering as I try to explain my thought process here. What are the odds that this team is a homeless man's version or a poor man's version of the 2016 Dallas Cowboys who sort of came out of nowhere with a okay defense, but a running game that kept their defense fresh and kept them off the field. I don't think, like, Nate Solder's going to turn into, you know, Walter Jones in his prime or anything. I think he's still probably an average to above-average tackle. Hernandez could could really develop. Zeitler's a really nice piece in the middle there. Mike Rimmers was on a Super Bowl team that Dave Gettleman once was the GM for, so that's a fact that you cannot deny. Um, <laughs> and John Jalapio, Jalapio? Jalapeno? halapio uh,
1: uh, he 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 tastes good with the chips, chips is he, he a,
0: is he a fish or is he uh, he's <laughs> like an jalapio um i i don't know i i'm kind of talking myself into this giants team being an 8 8 or 9 win team is that insane
1: i don't think it's insane i think they'll get wins against the redskins we i think a push is the worst case at 6 they get buffalo washington arizona and miami at home i mean that's that could be four wins right there i love the bills you know and i think that they're they're an overachieving team but You get them at home and they have to travel it's not not a huge road trip but it's still a road environment for that team i mean if they
0: if they they steal one from the cowboys in week one four and oh is not off the table to start if they go four and oh you're getting a six
1: and even if not the road schedule isn't awful they're playing a last place schedule with with how bad they were this past year um and there's not a lot of you know heavy hitters that 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 uh failed to to impress in the nfc so they're playing a lot of bad teams you know you get your teams like you know, Tampa down there and and the Cardinals and Lions, you know, the worst teams in the, the division aren't like some other places where the worst teams might actually turn around and have a good good season. So if there is a team, you know, we talk about all you take all those four teams as a uh, as a collective, you know, it seems like every year there's a team that that can go from worst to first in a division like. I'm not going to say the Giants are great and they're going to win the division, but if you those are my four options in the NFC, like Giants are probably my favorite out of those four.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, if you're talking about the worst team in the division and who and who could make a leap. And the other thing too I look at um again, so we're talking about let's say they lose the Cowboys in week 1 on the road, that's fine. Um I think that they can win against the Bills at home as you mentioned, the Redskins at home in week 4. I think they can beat the Cardinals at home in week 7. So, so I'm at three right there, and I'm being, I'm just giving them the rest or losses. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, and then they've got the Dolphins at home in week 15, and the Redskins on the road in week 16. I think they can win both of those games. And they have the Eagles twice in December, which is important because if Carson Wentz indeed does not stay healthy, and he's not out there at the end of the year, I mean, maybe you could see, surely you could steal one of those games, maybe get two. I just think there's a really good chance that they're a six win, seven win team, not as their floor. They could be a two-win team or a four-win team. And Daniel Jones, Eli gets hurt, and Daniel Jones starts half the season or three quarters of the season. Anything could happen. But this schedule, coupled with what their plan of attack is, and so I, I, I don't know. This kind of, I mean, kind of reminds me of a some either the Cowboys team in 2016 or even the Panthers in 2015, where nobody believed in them, but they had a good defensive line and an improved offensive line and a quarterback who can make the requisite throws and some weapons to do the work for him.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about the Redskins being a solid defensive team top to bottom. I I could really see the Giants being there. They might not have as much notable talent as the Redskins do, but but Year two of this scheme, I think they're going to play better. I think they have a lot of players they like that that fit that scheme. You know, Lawrence is a, is a big addition on the on the defensive line for them. Um, in addition to everything else we talked about, so I mean, it's not impossible to see them having kind of like an upstart defense, kind of like the Bills did the Sean McDermott's first year. You know, yeah. nobody really paid attention to the Bills, and they came out of nowhere and got a playoff spot. You know, people are like, "What is going on with this team? They're not that good, but but they did enough <laughs> offensively, made enough big plays, and and the defense played really well, and and all of a sudden they were nine and seven in the playoffs so i mean i could really see that happening for the giants i don't i don't know if they have like a bang up running game that's gonna gonna destroy people but sorry Ta- barkley's the most talented running back in the league so he, his floor is pretty high if he stays healthy and then you go from there you get a little bit out of the passing game and and a great defense and all of a sudden yeah they're at they're at eight and seven going into the final game final you know week when everybody thought they were going to be a two or three win team
0: I I think I'm in on the Giants. I'm in on the Giants this year, and I am a little worried. I'll be honest. I'm a little worried that your Cowboys thing, my Eagles and Giants, I'm like sort of in on those two teams, and I've got a Cowboys blind spot. So that's concerning me. Uh, I think the Giants over. If I had to pick one bet in this division, that would be the bet that I'm making. Uh, What is the one bet you would make if you had to make one on this division?
1: um probably the under on the redskins you know I like going un- un- unders more than overs um so i think that's a, that's a good uh, you know I, i'm probably division well, uh, Cowboys win the division plus 150 is probably my favorite bet. Just trying to get some value there, and I really think it's going to be kind of a slugfest between them and the Eagles. And I, I like their their potential to go forward, especially if there's no no uh, distractions as far as um uh, contract negotiations and that kind of thing. If if everything's copacetic on that end and they're all focused on winning the division and getting to the Super Bowl, that could be a really good team. So at over nine wins, I think push worst case there, but I think we're probably cashing that one.
0: Uh, I mentioned we were talking about the NFC North next week. Before we go. We do have, and I mentioned we wouldn't talk Game of Thrones. We do have one thing we need to put out. Uh, Steven Watson of WISN News 12 in Milwaukee got some video of Aaron Rodgers talking about his role in Game of Thrones. Who, by the way, three episodes ago says the person with the best story is Bran. (laughs) Who, by the way, three episodes ago said he wasn't Bran Stark anymore. No, John had a better story. Danny had a better story. Arya had a better story. Sansa had a better story. Tyrion had a better story. Varys had a better story. Bronn a lot better story. Jamie better story. Cersei probably better stories. Innie Baratheon better story. <laughs> so who should have been on the throne? I mean I think I think Danny should have been on the throne. Here's the thing though. All right, that was Aaron Rodgers talking Game of Thrones. And did how high did he just vault in your MVP rankings? You're pointing out the ultimate fatal flaw in the Bay Brothers' decision to put Bran on the, on the throne via a best-story decision.
1: He might be number one for my MVP rankings now. <laughs> I might take the Packers to win the Super Bowl. That's how strong I think that take was. Aaron Rodgers is at the top of his game right now. Aaron Rodgers is the best dragon that, that's in the entertainment business in 2019. Spit that fire, go 16-0, and 0, and uh, Packers to win it all all
0: right follow him on twitter at rj white one thanks as always buddy thank you